The European Food Safety Authority today issued its first 94 Article 13.1 health claim opinions, which summarise 523 health claims. I'm Lorraine Heller from Nutra Ingredients, and I spoke to Professor Albert Flynn, chair of EFSA's NDA panel. What we have uh, published today from EFSA is uh, the first series of opinions which cover the evaluation of just over 500 health claims out of the total of over 4,000 that have been submitted. So out of that, uh, just over 500, about one-third are favourable opinions, and uh, these uh, would relate to opinions covering many of the functions, uh, the physiological functions of vitamins and minerals, for example, Uh, these are based on well-established science. Uh, we also have favorable opinions on some dietary fibers, some fatty acids, uh, sugar-free chewing gum, for example. Claimed benefits include body functions uh, like calcium for bones, vitamin A for vision, that's for the vitamins and minerals. Uh, we also have claimed benefits of maintaining Uh, normal blood cholesterol for some uh, fibers, uh, fatty acids, and also um, dental health in relation to the uh, sugar-free chewing gum. And why why are these the ones which have uh, been more likely to to get positive opinions? What exactly is it that um, EFSA's panel has been looking at here? Well, our task was to give a very thorough evaluation to the scientific evidence that was uh, provided uh, to support uh, the substantiation of these claims. So we have done that. So we've looked at the uh, scientific evidence and where there was sufficient scientific evidence in the view of EFSA, according to the criteria that uh, we used, then we considered that the outcome was favorable. Uh, if there was not sufficient scientific evidence, then the outcome was unfavorable. And what what does insufficient scientific evidence mean? Why did the other two-thirds of the opinions get negative opinions? Well, uh, sometimes it was uh, the evidence uh, was weak um, for uh, many of the uh, substances. Uh, in some cases, the substances... Uh, were not very well described and couldn't be properly identified uh, by EFSA and therefore the claimed benefit uh, couldn't be substantiated. And wh what kind of compounds are we th looking at here, the, uh, the, the less well substantiated ones? Well, it's a very wide range of uh, substances. It would relate to some vitamins and minerals. Some of the functions are not well substantiated. It would relate to a whole range of substances from Uh, it would include uh, fibers, fatty acids, uh, probiotic bacteria, uh, plant extracts, very wide range because a very wide range of substances uh, were covered in the submissions. And what kind of impact do you think this will have on uh, on industry? I know there's there's been quite a bit of debate going out going on regarding the uh, Article 13.5 and the 14 claims and industry has been worried that this this will be restrictive to what can be said on labels and how they can communicate health benefits of their products 
How do you think industry will welcome this first batch of 13.1 opinions? Well, the opinions that have now been published uh, will be taken by the European Commission and the member states. Uh, it's up to them to take the decisions on whether uh, claims are authorised or not. And they will, of course, take into account the uh, outcome of the scientific evaluations of EFSA in making those decisions. Uh, the Commission has indicated that uh, the claims that are considered to be uh, substantiated and that they decide are then authorised, uh, they will go on a list of permitted claims. And on the other hand, uh, claims that are not uh, considered to be backed by science and that are not authorised will go on a list of prohibited claims. And uh, I understand the Commission's intention um, that these claims would then have to be removed from the market or in the market. Will there be any possibility of resubmitting the prohibited claims? There is a, a separate procedure for uh, submitting claims for uh, authorization um, separate to this procedure, uh, which is already in operation. So uh, if there are uh, specific claims that uh, industry wants to submit, there is a procedure where they can submit a dossier on the um, on the claim uh, to have it uh, evaluated by EFSA uh, for the purposes then of having it authorised by the Commission. So that is open to the industry if they wish to uh, pursue that and some companies already have, are doing this. Uh, there is a procedure in the legislation uh, to allow companies to do that. And when do you think that uh, the, the next opinions will come through? Uh, we haven't a decision on this at the moment. We are adopting uh, the opinions in a progressive way. Um, we take these decisions uh, EFSA, through the NDA panel of experts. Uh, so at each meeting of the NDA panel, uh, we take decisions on a number of claims. So our next meeting is in the middle of October, the middle of this month. We have a meeting at the beginning of December. So we expect that we will continue to progressively adopt these uh, evaluations and scientific opinions over the coming months, and uh, we're not quite sure how long the process will go on, but we expect these to appear as a series of opinions uh, that will come from EFSA. Do you have an indication as to the final deadline of the, the regulations implementation? We don't have a final deadline because the process of evaluating the claims on the list is still under discussion with the Commission and the Member States uh, from EFSA. So we are still discussing this. Uh, we have a total of over 4,000, and uh, we are still liaising with the Commission and the Member States uh, for many of these, where there's still some additional information outstanding. So it will take some time uh, to get through the whole uh, series of 4,000, but we're proceeding in a progressive way to, uh, to do these evaluations, and we understand the Commission will proceed with their decisions also in a progressive manner. Professor Flynn, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you indeed.